Hi, and welcome to another episode of Eyes of Wonder podcast. I'm Liz, and I'm super excited that you're listening today. I'm on location. Um, I'm at my mom's. Um, I told her last week that we that I did an episode about her, and of course she listened to it, and she gave her stamp of approval, I'm assuming. She didn't really say, uh, don't do that again. So um, sometimes it's better to ask permission than forgive, or yeah, forgiveness than permission, but it goes both ways. Um, but I'm here with my mom. Hi. Hello. I'm Ellie. Liz's mom. And um, she's going to be helping me with the podcast today. Brian. Uh, you're going to do fine. Um, but tell them about the thing about Liz's mom. Well, it was so funny. When we started going to church in October of 2000, and I got a lot of friends there and everything, and, and people would come up and they say, oh, Liz. Uh, wait, I think it says, Ellie, oh, Liz, stop. That's <laughs> okay. No, you're fine. It, it was just like, it started out, um, Liz, you're Ellie's daughter. Well, now, 20 years later, it's, oh, Ellie, you're Liz's mom. <laughs> so it's kind of did a reversal. <laughs> That's so fun. Um, yeah, because my mom used to be... Um, like the one that everybody knew, the one that um, probably mostly because you're a dad. Yeah, um, you like the attention. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but then when I became on staff at our church, oh, specifically, before that too. Uh, well, I noticed yeah. it more when I became on staff, and um, people would be like, "Oh, you're Liz's mom," and I went, "That's funny." Because yeah. I used to be Ellie's daughter. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, so last week we stopped in the book of Ruth. Um, I was trying really hard to get all through all four chapters. But Ruth is such a good book. Um, it's a pretty easy read. And I just, I of course, I was spitting out all the random stuff that I know about it. About the book. And I didn't get through the whole thing. <laughs> That's all right. We'll finish it today. So, um, my mom is going to be here. That was my husband calling, but it's okay. Interruptions happen. Um, I was actually supposed to text him and let him know that I am recording. So, let me just try and call me again. Um, so, <laughs> mute. <laughs> right? Your phone, not us. Um, like, I don't know how to mute it. Anyways, it's fine. I just texted him. Um, we love interruptions in life, right? That's it happens all, we have. all the time. All the time. Um, but like I said, this podcast is something that is very authentic. It's not polished. Um, Definitely. <laughs> we're going to mess up. We're going to say um a lot. But the point of this thing is that we're doing it. And um, sometimes, and like I said in previous podcasts, this podcast is really for me to help learn how to communicate despite the distractions, despite the things going on around us, um, but learning well, to do better. Do I need to turn my filter on? <laughs> no. No, because no, I love your <laughs> you're not. Listeners beware. <laughs> my mom, she's a trip. Um, she has a great sense of humor. 
Great. Uh, sometimes it gets in her in trouble. <laughs> but, okay. um, so let's get right into the Bible. Um, we are starting in Ruth chapter three and I'm going to read some, my mom's going to read some, and it's just going to be really cool. So we left off with Ruth at Boaz's field going after the hired servants during the barley season. Um, well, he actually told her to stay for the wheat season. So she's been in this field for two two harvests now. Um, so it's been a while. And she's also now, instead of following the workers, she has been told to stay with the young ladies who are working. So she's kind of been become her own worker. So on chapter three. One day, Naomi said to Ruth, my daughter, it's time that I found a permanent home for you so that you will be provided for. Boaz is a close relative of ours, and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain for his young women. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. So that just means like separating it. Now, do, you, do as I tell you and take a bath and put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. Your nicest clothes. I don't know where the southern came from there. Then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he's finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down there. He will tell you what to do. So that seems kind of weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Laying on a person's feet. Yeah. Um, but that was. And let the guy tell him what to do. <laughs> yes, that ain't yeah. happening. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's a very strong-willed woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to read this verse five? No, go ahead. Okay. And I will do everything you say, Ruth replied. So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. After Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he lay down at the far end of the pile of grain and went to sleep. Then Ruth came quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. Around midnight, Boaz suddenly woke up and turned over. He was surprised to find a woman lying at his feet. I mean, I'd be surprised if there was a man laying down at my feet. But Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what? I'm just saying, I would be surprised about it. Um, well, I'm sure this happens to him more than once. I don't think so. Bet. This ain't new. Um... Verse 9 says, Who are you? He asked. I'm your servant, Ruth, she replied. Spreading the corner of her, spread your, bleh, can't read. Spread the corner of your covering over me, for you are my family redeemer. The Lord bless you, my daughter, Boaz exclaimed. You are showing even more family loyalty now than you ever did before, for you have not gone after a young man, whether rich or poor. Now, don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. Now, you got to remember, Ruth is not an Israelite. Um, she is a foreigner. Mm -hmm. And so she is sometimes looked down upon in this culture. Um, and they're not very friendly. Well, I mean, they were. Some They were supposed to be. Um, they're not supposed to like intermarry, but they were supposed to be, that's one of the Levitical laws. Um, but they were supposed to be kind to any traveler. Um, and so, um, but they're not supposed to like follow their idols and stuff like that. But 
here you see Ruth and Ruth is called a virtuous woman. She's not chasing after men, even though she's young. What is she doing? She's taking care of her mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's something that you did Yeah. down in Florida. Yeah. Um, I mean, you were only, how old were you? 45? When you moved down there? 20. No, I'm just <laughs> Gosh, I don't, no, it was probably close to, I don't know. Because dad died when he was 44. So I was probably about 50. 50? No. No. No, it wasn't. You're probably 45 or 46. We moved down in 2011. Right. So, uh, about 46. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you weren't old, but you weren't young then. Right. Um, but... Instead of, you know, like, you going out and chasing after guys, you decided to take care of your mother-in-law, um, which I think is very admirable. Well, you know, let me tell you about, can I tell you about how mm-hmm. it came? Yeah, I had do. just got off the phone with um, somebody. I just got off with um, somebody from Florida. I'm not sure who I was talking to. I was sitting on the side of the bed, and they had told me that, Grandma had fallen. She was out walking and fell face first, hurt her face, broke her glasses. And um, and then I said, well, I'm glad she's doing good and everything. And I just sat down there and I truly believe God told me, you know, you're taking care of these elderly people that I had gotten a job mm-hmm. taking care of elderly people and senior citizens and that. And they really did. I believe he told me to go down there and take care of her. So that's what we did, you know. You called it your five-year plan. Yeah, it was my five-year plan. And it turned out to be about four and a half years almost we were down there. Yeah. Yep. So, but I loved every minute of it, you know, and taking care of Grandma. She was pretty cool. It was good. So, that's all right, cool. we'll finish that about boys. All right, so back to the verses. Um. Stay here tonight, and in the morning I will, okay, but while it was, But while it's true, this is verse 12, but while it's true that I am one of your family redeemers, there is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Stay here tonight in the morning. I will talk to him. If he is willing to redeem you very well, let him marry you. But if he's not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Lie down here until morning. So Ruth lay at Boaz's feet until the morning, but she got up before it was light enough for people to recognize each other. For Boaz had said, no one must know that a woman was here at the threshing floor. Then Boaz said to her, ooh, it's scandalous. You should know. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, bring your cloak and spread it out. He measured six scoops of barley into the cloak, placed it on her back. Then he returned to the town. When Ruth went back to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, what happened, my daughter? Ruth told Naomi everything Boaz had done for her. And she added, he gave me six scoops of barley and said, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. So I love the fact that like Boaz, I mean, he's been taking care of Ruth for so long in this. I mean, making sure that Naomi is provided for. Yeah. So he was pretty much giving it to Ruth and Ruth was in turn sharing it with her mother-in-law. Right. So in a way he may be giving her more than what somebody else would uh, somebody single would be getting right so i mean she has been naomi has been or not naomi ruth has been nothing but a servant at this point Mm -hmm. she married 
um, I mean, I, I don't mean like a slave servant, but I mean like living out with a servant's heart because she was a server, not a servant. Living out her servant's yeah. heart. Yeah. Um, so she has been going around and um, I mean, when she got married back in Moab, um, she moved in with their family and I mean, her husband died, her brother-in-law died and her father-in-law died. So then it was just the three girls and Oprah um, or Pa, not Oprah, it's spelled different. Oprah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I think you did that last week too. Love Hebrew names. They're so great. Um, but she went back home. I mean, it probably hurt her to leave Naomi, but she went back home. Um, she went back home because, um, I mean, that's what Naomi told her to do, but Ruth was stubborn. She's like, no, I married into this family. You're stuck with me. Yeah. You can, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Um, and she followed Naomi back to Israel. Um, but if there was another son in that family, she probably would have married him too. Yeah. I mean, uh, Naomi talks about that in uh, chapter one or chapter two, where she said, are you going to, are you going to wait around for me to get married again and have another child for I am old. So I'm not going to be able to provide that, you with provide. another husband. Yeah. And so, but Ruth didn't care about that. She wasn't thinking about her own struggles. She was thinking about Naomi. I mean, if you think about it, women didn't have a lot of property back then. But Ruth was, I mean, she was still young. So she was able to body. She was able to go out and work in these fields all day. And in the heat and stuff, Naomi probably couldn't because of her age. Um, and so her working in the fields and stuff stopped them from being quote unquote beggars. And it's really interesting to see, yay for technology and interruptions. Um, it's really easy to see that um, Naomi is doing this stuff. So, or I'm sorry, Ruth. Ruth is doing all of this for Naomi. And so I love the fact that it says here in scripture that um, Boaz told her, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. I mean, Ruth really hasn't gone back to her mother-in-law empty-handed at all. Um, but I love the sweet sentiment of it. Um, verse 18 says, Then Naomi said to her, Just be patient, my daughter, until we hear what happens. The man won't rest until he has settled things today. So that tells you that there's some um, urgency on Boaz's part. Well, yeah, because he can't have Ruth keep coming to lay at his feet at night and then get up before dawn. Well, no, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily what they're getting at. I think it's more of not that her going and doing this over and over mm -hmm. again. I don't think that's what's happening. Um, I think what um, scripture, I mean, it's a redemption story. It's a redeeming story. So you have Ruth who has lived through a really hard instance. I mean, her husband's gone. Now she's providing for her mother-in-law and she's having to do all this work. And she's found someone who is able to watch over her and protect her. And, um, and the thing is like when Ruth went and laid down 
at his feet, that was her saying like, hey, I see you. And when Boaz says hello and gives her, it's him saying, I see you. So there's a connection between them. Um, And so that's why Boaz is like, all right, I see you, you see me, let's get this done. Boaz went into the town gate and took a seat there. Just then the family redeemer had been, had mentioned, he had mentioned came by. So Boaz called out to him, come over here and sit down, friend. I want to talk to you. So they sat down together. Then Boaz called 10 leaders from the town and asked them to sit as witnesses. Then Boaz said to the family redeemer, you know, Naomi, who came back from Moab, she is selling the land that belonged to our relative Amalek. Amalek. Yeah, sure. I thought I should speak to you about it so that you can redeem it if you wish. If you want the land, then buy it here in the presence of these witnesses. But if you don't want it, let me know right away because I am next in line to redeem it after you. So Naomi is selling this land that belonged to her husband. Um. The man replied, all right, I'll redeem it, Um, which means keeping it in the family and stuff like that. Then Boaz told him, of course, your purchase of the land from Naomi also requires that you marry Ruth, the Moabite widow. That way she can have a child who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land in the family. So this is basically saying, like, hey, if you buy this land... You get the girl, too, so that way she can have a child, so that way this land that you bought stays in the family. Um, But the family redeemer replied, then I can't redeem it because this might endanger my own estate. You redeem the land. I cannot do it. So how would his own estate be in danger? Different part of the family? That's a good question. More than likely, it's um, he probably already has children of his own, and he doesn't want to endanger his estate going somewhere else, if that makes sense. So, like, I'm not entirely sure, so I won't speak from knowledge, but to the best of my knowledge, I I will speak to the best that I can. Um, I might be wrong. Totally will accept it if I am wrong. But I'm pretty sure it's because he probably already has kids. And, and a wife. And a wife, more than likely. And when he buys the land, he would want to put it with his whole estate. Yeah, and then his born children. For his kids. Instead of... And it won't stay into her family. Right. It'll go to his family. Right. Um, but like I said... they don't have wills. <laughs> right. <laughs> They don't. Um, but for the most part, I'm pretty sure that's what's happening. But I'm not 100% sure. So if you know the answer to this, friends, um, feel free to comment or um, share or tag me or message me um, the correct answer because I would like to know too. And I I don't feel like doing a quick Google search on it because sometimes Google's wrong. Oh, Google Rabbi or Rabbi Google is what our pastor calls it. <laughs> Um, so the guy says, I can't redeem it because this might endanger my own estate. You redeem the land for I cannot. Now in those days, it was custom in Israel for anyone transferring a right of purchase to remove his sandal and hand it to the other party. 
This publicly validated the transaction. So the other family redeemer drew off a sandal and said to Boaz, you buy the land. So <laughs> I have to ask this question and I, I don't know if it's true or not. Or, But if you are like dealing, like if you're a land broker, for instance, back in this time, are you going to have a bunch of random shoes? Why? Because it says it's custom for him to remove his sandal and hand it to the other party. So if like you're making deals and stuff, you're gonna have random shoes from random people. I find that interesting, because like when we read scripture, it doesn't we don't really necessarily think about like everyday life a lot of the times. We don't think about the trivial things, you know. Uh, not to say to get stuck in the weeds here, um, but it'd be funny if they just had a box of random shoes. Be like, yeah. The IRS comes, here's all my receipts. They're all, They're all shoes. They're <laughs> sandals. Because I was just reading ahead. Was, that's funny. So, like, you know how we have a box of receipts. I mean, these people might just yeah. have a box of shoes. Yeah. So. That is, that pretty much is their receipt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was so, simple. Like here. Huh? That was only that simple nowadays. I know, right? The yeah. IRS comes and just takes all your stuff. Yep. Um, go get me some flip-flops from Walmart. <laughs> Here, I'll pay my gas with this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not actually it change. You want to get a thong back? <laughs> it's not uh, currency. I think it's more of like the receipt part of it. Okay. So, but I do find that interesting. If he only wants half the land, does he only give half the shoe? The I don't know. Well, I mean, it's only removes his sandals, so it's only one sandal. Yeah. So you can have a box full so of left sandals. Hops back home. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so the other family redeemer drew off a sandal as he said to Boaz, you buy the land. Then Boaz said to the elders and to the crowd standing around, you are, wit you are witness that today I have bought from Naomi all the property of Amelia, Kilion, and Mahalon. 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 M-A-H-L-O-N. So it doesn't really flow off the tongue very well. And with the land, I have acquired Ruth, the Moabite widow of Mahalon, to be my wife. This way she can have a son to carry on the family name of her dead husband and to inherit the family property here in his hometown. You are all witnesses today. Then the elders and all the people standing in the gate replied, We are witnesses May the Lord make this woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, from whom all the nations of Israel descended. May you prosper in Ephithereth and be famous in Bethlehem. <laughs> Interesting. Mm -hmm. We'll get to the famous in Bethlehem part in a second. Mm -hmm. And may the Lord give you, give you descendants, be this young woman, who will be like their ancestors, ancestors Perez, the son of Tamar, and Judah. And then it goes in to talk about the descendants of Boaz, which we'll get to in a second. So, because um, I have two things I want to talk about right here. So, in our children's ministry and our youth ministry, we've been talking about um, Rachel and Leah, um, just to get some Old Testament history for them. And when it says, may the Lord make these women, this woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, from all the nations of Israel descended, um, Rachel and Leah had like a, um, from what I remember in Bible class, they had, 
they were rivals, right? Mm-hmm. Because Jacob loved Rachel more, but he married Leah first, while Leah was more fertile mm-hmm. than Rachel. Mm-hmm. And so they were trying to outbaby each other. <laughs> In the sense that, like, Leah ended up giving birth to six kids yeah. and um, had her hand made have two and Rachel had two through her handmade and then she had two. And so um, Leah had a lot of kids. Did that guy not have time to sleep or work in the field? I don't know. (laughs) It was Jacob. So um, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. (laughs) We won't get that far in there. Um, Maybe I should have told you to wear your filter. (laughs) Um, But Rachel does, I mean, they have a, like a, a baby war in trying to outbaby each other. And so when it's talking about may them be like Rachel and Leah, mm-hmm. they're saying, we hope you have as many kids as you can have. Yeah. Um, which is ironic because when you look at the descendants, so Boaz, this is verse 13 of chapter four. So Boaz took Ruth into his home and she became his wife. When he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant and she gave birth to a son. Then the woman of the town said to Naomi, praise the Lord, who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he's the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Naomi took the baby and coddled her to her breast. She cared for him as if he were her own. The neighbor woman said, now at last Naomi has a son again. And the name named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. This is a chronological order of their ancestor, Perez. So Perez is the son of Tamar and Judah. So Judah is one of Jacob's sons from Leah. Um, so they, they had 12 sons. Judah came from Leah. Um, so Judah gave birth to Perez. Perez gave birth to Hezron, was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadad. Aminadad was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salam. It looks like salmon. Salam was the father of Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of David. So why is it important to go all the way to David? Do you know? Yeah. They're showing the lineage. Lineage, yes. So um, one of the cool things about scripture is there are points in scripture where it's like a family tree. Like chapter Mm -hmm. one of Matthew is pretty much this person was this person, this has, and they have this person. This person with this person. All they begot. (laughs) Yeah, all the begots. But that's super important. And a lot of people just gloss over that not really realizing like how cool it truly is mm-hmm. because let me look up Matthew chapter one for you. Um, because in Matthew chapter one, I know we only have a few minutes left today, but I really want you guys to look at this cause it's pretty cool. And yeah, hear it. Yeah. Hear it. Look at it with your ears. Yeah. Look at it with your ears, people. <laughs> um, so in Matthew chapter one, it says this is the record of the ancestors of Jesus a descendant of David and Abraham. So Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. So those were the 12 brothers. 
Judah was the father of Perez, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amimadad. Amimadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salam. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Do you know who Rahab is? Go ahead. Rahab was with the 12 spies. She was a prostitute that lived in the wall of, um, I believe it was Jericho. And she protected um, Joshua. Um, and I believe Caleb, if I'm not mistaken. Um, for they went into the town to scope it out. Um, and they were about to be discovered. And so Rahab lowered them in a basket out of their window. Wow. Um, but she said, like, hey, I want to follow you guys. Your guys, God is the true God. I'm turning away from all my um, paganism and all of that stuff. And she started following God. I mean, she's a prostitute, and she's right here in the lineage of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, I first of all, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there are um, four women mentioned in four or five. There might be five. Yeah, if you count Mary, there's five. Um, So Solomon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. So Boaz's mom was Rahab. And so when Boaz and Ruth got together and they had Obed, Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. So first of all, that's super just super cool sorry my microphone cut off so we're having to like go back and redo some of that gotta love technology so i was talking about um family lineage. yeah with obed the father of jesse and jesse was the father of king david david was the father of solomon and if you keep reading down eventually you get to jacob jacob was the father of joseph and the husband of mary so if if the story didn't happen the way it did. That would have messed up Jesus's lineage. So, I mean, in the book of Ruth, there you can see God's sovereignty in the whole book. I mean, even though there's like no angels, there's no um, like speaking from the Lord, really, you can see the Lord's hand through it. Mm-hmm. Um because Naomi was a very bitter woman when all of her stuff, when all everyone died. I mean, she lost two sons and her husband. That, I mean, that's rough in itself. And which is kind of not ironic, but I told the, the listeners last week how you're kind of like a modern day roof in some of the senses. Um, because your mother-in-law lost her son. Yeah. Which was your husband. husband. And then you went and took care of her. Right. Um, but I'm not going to marry. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. That'd be super weird. Son. That'd be super <laughs> weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. We don't live in back in that kind of time frame where yeah. that was culturally acceptable. Um, but I do find it interesting that there are a lot of similarities between you and Ruth. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, she has such a servant's heart. And so do you. I love my old people. You love your old people, man. I know you can't say their names. No, I can't. But you have... HIPAA. Yeah, HIPAA. Um, but you do have one client. Can you talk about your clients without leaving their names? No. Okay. Um, that's fine. No worries. I don't know her clients at all. (laughs) But, um, you, you are really good with people, whether you realize it or not. Um, I know you say you're only good with people under six and over 60, but I think you're good with all people because you have the ability to make people feel at home, even if they feel uncomfortable. So they're feeling comfortably at uneasy at home. <laughs> but know. you, you truly have a way of like, People just feel at ease around you. And I love to play cards. Oh, my gosh. She's a card shark. Don't play cards with her, people. You'll lose. <laughs> we usually play cards almost every weekend. But we did it this weekend because we just had a lot going, going on. I'm going to do it this afternoon. Oh, you're going to go play cards this afternoon. Well, I'm going to go play at the Lux Factory, which is, in case you didn't hear about the Lux Factory, it's a um, board game cafe, which is super cool. But um, mid uh Gibson Mill. Yeah, about the Gibson Mill. Yep. Um, but I just, first of all, thank you for being on here because I wanted you to be able to, uh, for people to hear you and for people to uh, kind of get a chance to know you. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom has been a rock in my life for so long. Um, I'm going to make her cry. I see the eyes watering. So in case you guys didn't know, I live my life. One of my goals is to make my mother cry, but not like sad tears, but like happy tears. That's the gold. (laughs) That's the gold. (laughs) So um, I just saw her eyes like watering up. So I had to crack a joke. So she wouldn't start. You know, people are living longer now. And it's and they're working longer. So the clients that I have are in their 90s and their children are in their 70s. Mm-hmm. So it's less like they still their children are having a hard time taking care of their parents, mm-hmm. you know, and they want them to stay at home and stuff like that, you know. And I think that's great that they want to do that and they can do it. But uh and when they can't be there, I, I like to be their family. Yeah. For them. To show, just to love on them and, you know, help them what they need to do. And that's, that's what it's all about is helping everybody else, you know? Yeah. Which, okay, so I'm not going to talk about your client, but what's one of your favorite things to do for your clients? Oh, I do tuck-ins. <laughs> I've always believed that even when you guys were little, I'd tuck you in and kiss you goodnight, tell you I love you. And... I believe you go to bed happy on a good note. You wake up in a good mood. See, that's ironic because in my child brain, I don't ever remember you tucking us in. Yeah. But I remember dad doing it. Well, a lot of times I worked at night when he came home. Okay. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Because I remember dad would bring out the blow dryer and (laughs) heat up our beds. Yeah. And, (laughs) and, um, 
which man, it just stick a blow dryer under your head. Oh my gosh, it feels amazing. Warms up those sheets real yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember him singing Amazing Grace and yeah. the Good Night song. Yeah. Um, but you do like tucking in your old clip people. Yeah, even though they're 95 years old. Yeah. I'll kiss them on the forehead and tell them I love them and call me if they need me, you know. Sometimes I'm in the room with them. Sometimes I'm in the living room. And but I'm always in you know, can hear them and yeah. stuff like that, you know. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. I think you have one of the most important jobs in the world. Yeah. For sure. It is. Because you know that a lot of these seniors are getting forgotten about. You know, families are busy. They can't take the time that they just you know, to spend with them. So that's why we're here, you know? Well, I appreciate for what you do Mm -hmm. and all that you do. Um, I'm going to pray us out for today. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for listening. I know it was some Thank you for listening to my rambling. (laughs) Jeez. I love my laptop, but I don't like it when it chimes at me. Mm. Um, But it's fine. Like I said, this podcast is just something fun to do, and it's helping me be a better communicator and honestly having the dings and the phone calls helps me to learn how to stay focused on what I'm talking about instead of getting distracted with something else. (laughs) So I enjoyed being here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Well, I mean, this is your house, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. You brought the computer and the mic. That's true. I did. I did. Um, So do you want to pray first or do you want me to pray? Uh, You. Okay. <laughs> Can I give a shout out to um, a few people? Uh, sure. Go for it. Brandon. <laughs> no, that's it. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> note to self, don't ever give my mom full reign of the microphone. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's pray because he we, knows who he is. We need Jesus. He's married. <laughs> Hey, God, just thank you so much for all that you do. And thank you for laughter and being able to be silly and um, just enjoy your presence, Lord. We love you so much with all that you are and all that you do in our lives, Lord. We're super thankful that you care um, because it's so nice to be able to have a relationship with you, the creator of the universe. But yet you still care about like our trivial stuff of whether we had a bad day or not. And um, Lord, thank you for this wonderful woman beside me who has taught me so much in my 29 years of life. Um, She has been an amazing mom, an amazing person. She's hilarious. And um, I have never met someone who didn't like her. So um, I just am super thankful that you blessed me with such a great mom. Thank you, Lord, for all you do. Keep us safe in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Are you crying yet? No. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. I will see you guys on the next episode. Peace mm-hmm. out.